Hello, 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 babe. Welcome to my podcast channel. My name is Natalie Venus, aka Lilith of Oz. And in this space, we're going to be talking about magnetism, magic, expression, and basically whatever else the fuck I feel like talking about. So sit back, relax, get your cup of tea, your blunt, whatever you need, baby, and get ready for this ride. Hello. Good morning. Oh my goodness. I forgot how to technology for a moment and oh, anyways, we're all good now. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. Okay. I've got my smoothie. Um, we're having banana and mango and honey today. I totally forgot to put yogurt in it. I just realized, but it's really good. I put like a tiny bit of milk and then a bunch of water and can't even tell. Can't even tell that there's so much water in there and it just tastes so good. So today I thought it would be fun to play with and listen to my beautiful husky morning voice right now. What? Oh my god, sexy. Hello. Um, I thought it'd be fun to play with a bit of a Q&A episode. So I did pop on my stories last week, an invitation to leave some questions with me. So we'll see how many we get through within a reasonable amount of time um and I'm just gonna spend some time here playing into answering them I think it's fun to do I've been playing a lot with like my human design recently um I'm a generator and so it's really good for me to respond so I thought it would be fun to get some questions and get some little um prompts to kind of respond to next door in the room next door in my bedroom um you may hear my cat tapping on the windows we've recently started putting bird seed out in the backyard um so that the galahs and the cockatoos and occasionally the magpies come down I even saw a pigeon once which is gross but The birds have started to hang out a lot in our backyard and Scrim, our cat, is absolutely frothing it. Like he will sit at the window doing his, like, I don't know if you've ever heard a cat do their weird little chirping hunting noise. It's like, (laughs) that's my best impression of the hunting noise. Anyway, he's doing that and tapping on the window (laughs) to like try and get their attention or something. I was holding him at the window before to kind of give him a better vantage point and he was literally like vibrating with excitement. He just absolutely loves it and that is so the vibe for me. That is the vibe. So I don't ever like edit these episodes so you may hear me here and there having sips of my smoothie um, especially because I've got like a metal straw. I think that's fun. Um, so yeah. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. So I don't know if I saved the names of the people who left the questions. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, so 
The first couple of questions I got are from Rachel Pachai. I think that's how you say it. Um, let me see. So the first question I received was, when did you decide to make your witchcraft a business? So this is a fun question. Um, I started my first business and this is something that a lot of people wouldn't know. So the business that I have now is the third time that I have started a business. So when I was a lot younger, <laughs> um, when I was about 20, I really, really started to um, feel into the fact that I wanted to run my own business. I wanted to, um, you know, I didn't want to work an office job. I didn't want to work a nine to five. I didn't want to have like a normal job, quote unquote. And I really wanted to do something witchy, spiritual, yada, yada, yada. So the first time that I did start a business was when I was 20. So this is like nearly seven years ago. And what I was doing at that point was I was making, sorry, I'm burping. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, I was making candles and I was making witchy candles. So I hadn't actually seen this done much back when I was doing it. Um, I was using like herbs and, and kind of making spell candles, but they were um, like soy candles in like a tin, but I was making like spell candles and um, they were Reiki charged, which is so cute. So I had done my Reiki one and two um, recent to starting that business and I was doing the candles, but I was also offering Reiki healing for people. Um, I mostly just did this for family and friends at that point. I had no idea how to start or run a business. I had no idea how to market. So it's, I got really disheartened when <laughs> things weren't, didn't seem to be working and I didn't really know what to do. So I had a break from it and then I tried to start it up again, like six months later and I just changed the name of it. Um, and yeah, again, I just found it really difficult. I just didn't know how to market. I didn't, um, have the patience either back then, you know? So it, it was a bit hard because I did need to work full time at the same time. So I just felt like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. <gasps> Where? And so, yeah, so for a few years there, or quite a few years there, I just, um, worked normal jobs. So I was doing, um, this was after my career in stripping. I, um, worked in childcare for many, many years, um, working with infants. I briefly did some like reception slash office assistant managing work at a yoga studio slash physio. Um, I'm trying to think if I did anything else in that time. I think I mostly worked in childcare. And then at the beginning of when the pandemic started to get really hectic here in Australia, which was about March 2020, was when things really started to kick off. Um, 
a lot of the attendance went down at the childcare center I was at. So I got stood down, which basically means I um, was asked not to come into work um, for an indefinite amount of time until they needed me once again, because there just wasn't any work for me to do. Um, and this came as a great relief because I was like, although I absolutely adore working with children and I love, 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 love babies, I really didn't enjoy the, um, work environment that I was in. Um, I found it very, very stressful. I was at like a center that had been having a lot of employee changeovers and we were understaffed. Um, so often the ratios were not adhering to like <laughs> the legal standards. And so I was um, feeling so overwhelmed at that point working that job and I was having like anxiety attacks on the way to work. Um, I even had one at work one time because there were so many children, so many babies in the room and I didn't have enough support and there was a child there with on orientation with a parent and oh my god so I was really relieved to get stood down even though I wasn't getting paid that was obviously a bit of a stress at the time but my partner and I were living in our one bedroom apartment um and he had a good job well he still has a good job so <laughs> um he was able to offer me support at that time and um carry the financial weight of like paying rent and all of that so I was able to take that break and I decided to start my business again so oh yeah and I forgot to mention the second time I tried I also started to do oracle readings for people um and so some I've been playing and working with oracle cards for some time and I actually only started working with and playing with tarot um, in maybe eight months before I before I started my business for the third time but I was I'm someone who like I'm a one three generator so obviously I try a lot of things and sometimes they don't work i.e the business um, but I also really, really deeply investigate and learn things. So when I'm learning something, I go all in and I'm obsessed and it's all I'm doing in my free time. Like, <laughs> so the same can be said for tarot. Like I was devoted and I was doing it so much, um, tarot study and learning and practice, practicing on my friends. I was, um, on... I was like a member on Biddy Tarot at one point and I did like, I don't even know how many free readings for people, at least 50, maybe more than that. It feels like more, but I'm just going to say 50. Um, so yeah, in March, when I got stood down from this job, I decided to start my business and um, start my Instagram really. And yeah, and I started making some YouTube content. Things were pretty slow going at first. And then I think like a month later, my job called me back and they were like, you can come in now. And 
I just felt this like dread, like this absolute dread in my body and just this like, oh no. And I was talking to my partner who is now my husband um, at the time and I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't go back. I really, really can't. Like not even for one day. I cannot do it. Um, and in hindsight, I'm like, girl, <laughs> you could have done like at least like a week and then gotten back paid for all that time but I was honoring you know the truth of the situation which was like that was a seriously toxic environment for me I just fucking could not do it I just couldn't do it the thought of doing it just like had me in a panic so I didn't and I kept um I kept making content and I kept um practicing with people and you know I had a few clients here and there um I started to focus more on my marketing I started working with a brand coach I started to um invest in courses where I could with the money that I was earning um and you know, things started to grow. And I think around September, I decided to start a TikTok account. And, you know, within a few weeks, I was, you know, I was growing by the thousands, the thousands, the thousands. Um, and that was starting to translate over into my Instagram. I started sharing my content, my TikTok content on Instagram as well. And um, next thing you know, I have like, 40,000 followers between both platforms and things were starting to fill up. So really, when I decided to start a witchy business was a long, long time ago. It just took a lot of trial and error. Um, it took, you know, learning certain skills, building up a certain level of resilience and um, patience and devotion because at first when I you know when I was 20 I just yeah I um, struggled to believe in myself and to see the long game so here we are like two years later literally two years later it is March 2022 now um, I officially started my business in like November of 2020 um, and up until then, I was really just focusing on my like social media presence and creating content. So yeah, that was the long answer of when I decided to make my witchcraft a business. So let me see the next question. So Jugo Divinus, I think that's how you say it, asked about the shadow side of glamour magic. That was me drinking my smoothie. So this was a really interesting question to get. And I want to start by disclosing like there's never going to be a black and white um, way of looking at this and I can only ever speak from my own perspective and the way that I see things the way that I view things um, and a lot of 
the way that I answer this is going to be rooted in my own beliefs about glamour magic, what it is and how it works, what it's for. So, and there's, there's a shadow and light side to everything. Like that's just the duality of life, the duality of the universe that we live in. So I think that there is a shadow side of all kinds of magic. But when it comes to glamour magic, I really do believe that it is focused on the self. Like for me, the way that I see glamour magic, the way that I view glamour magic and the way that I believe it to be is that it's focused on the self, that it's focused on um, not necessarily manipulating external environments it's not about manipulating other people or um, situations and when I say manipulation I don't necessarily mean it in like the negative sense I just mean in the sense that like you, you know you you have like a ball of clay and you're manipulating clay into a certain shape like it's just a word that doesn't have to have any negative connotations attached to it here um I believe that glamour magic is about focusing on yourself and um amplifying inner aspects of yourself um how you feel how you see yourself what you know gifts you want to bring forward and allow to shine through and it's through that that the way the world, your desires, the people around you perceive you and respond to you changes. So when it comes to the shadow side of glamour magic, I think if you started to use glamour magic with the intention of trying to um, manipulate other people in a way that is not rooted in you know, it really does depend on your intention is what I'm trying to say. So if you're doing it with the intention to like to um, be malicious is what I'm trying to say. If you're trying to be malicious, if you're trying to hurt someone, if you're trying to withhold truth, um, that could be a shadow side to glamour magic when you're losing the truth of um, who you are. I really do think that we all have you know, we're all multidimensional beings. We have a limitless supply of gifts and aspects and archetypes within us that we can work with. And when we are desiring to embody to be something, so for example, if you see someone who just has this beautiful confidence that just shines through and, you know, they are so bubbly and da-da-da-da and you're like, I wish I was that. I really, really want to have that or I really want to um, emit that kind of energy. I really believe that when we have that, like, that quick moment of, like, I desire to be that, I want to be that, what has she got? That is so yummy. I believe that that is actually our inner aspect that um, corresponds with that energy that is calling to us to be seen and to be um, reclaimed and to be worked with. So I feel like another kind of shadow side of glamour magic from that perspective is, you know, 
not truly believing that you have access to all of these pieces in you and feeling like you are faking it or like doing magic with the thought, with the idea, with the belief that it isn't real and it isn't really you, um, which is just a kind of false perception, if that makes sense. Um, because when we want to be something, when we desire to emit a certain energy, that is that inner peace that corresponds with that energy that is calling to us and saying, hey, <laughs> hey, girly, I'm here, like reclaim me, embody me, I love you, I really want to be seen here. So I feel like it's important to know that when you're doing glamour magic and to know that, yeah, it's real, yeah, it's in you, yeah, you do get to access it, yeah, you do get to embody that, hell, yes, the world gets to see you in that. And if you are doing glamour magic to try and embody something and you don't believe that and you feel like that's not me, that'll never be me, I'm just faking it, that can be a shadow side to glamour magic in the sense that it's not bad, it's not wrong, it just um, comes with some stickiness, comes with some resistance and some icky feelings that perhaps need to be worked through as well. So those are my perspectives on it. So when you begin to take the focus from yourself to other people um, and trying to manipulate them first and foremost rather than um, focusing on you and what you get to amplify and what you get to embody, what you get to emit and the way that that ultimately shifts how you see yourself how you respond to yourself and then in turn how the world around you how the people around you and how your desires respond to you so when you are moving from that inner focus and that self-focus to trying to outright um deceive people and again it's all about your intention that is the main thing. If you are going with the intention of deceiving, if you are going with the intention of hurting, if you're going with the intention of being malicious or what's the word? Malevolent or benevolent? I don't know what the word is. Um, then that is where the shadow side comes from. It's all about your own intention. So I hope that makes sense and answers the question that you have. So Bleeding Diamonds, I think it is, I can't see the whole name here, has asked, how do I start building up my self-confidence again? I've lost it for so long. First of all, my love, just sending you so much compassion here, sending you so much um, love and good vibes here, and I just want you to know that it is okay, and this can be shifted. So hopefully what I share with you today may help. And yeah, I, I really do have that intention in my heart right now. It's like hoping that what I share today helps you to create a shift and to give you some tools to work with. So 
And again, everything that I share is only going to be from my own perspective. And there are so many different ways to approach things. But here's where I'm feeling called to start and the piece that I'm feeling called to share. So I really think that the root of all self-confidence comes from cultivating self-trust. So some something to do here, somewhere to start is maybe just asking yourself, like, where am I not trusting myself? Where am I not trusting my choices? Where am I not trusting the decisions that I make? Where am I not trusting in my own gifts, in my own capacity and capabilities? And kind of taking a little bit of a um, mirror in and and some self-inquiry here to kind of get to the root of where, what areas this lack of self-trust may be occurring. And just doing so from the place of like, literally just kind of getting clinical here, like literally like coming in as a doctor and (laughs) it's not about judging yourself. You know what I mean? It's just about taking stock. It's just about seeing where the wound is so you can then like implement a medical strategy. I don't know. But when it comes to building self-trust, maybe a good place to start is just like as well, taking, taking a glance back, maybe asking your higher self to assist you with this or maybe work with spirit guides or angels or just the universe just asking them to assist you with this and taking a look back at your life, you know, from, you know, your first kind of memories to up until now, up until this moment and really taking stock of where in your life you have made decisions, taken actions, you know, all of the things that paid off that were on the right track that you know maybe they didn't lead you in the direction you thought they would but it actually turned out better in some way or it worked out for the best like taking a look at all of those choices that you made all the choices all the actions you took all of the words that you spoke all of the chances you took and the risks that you made looking at all of it And just seeing how things have worked out, even if it wasn't a straight line, even if it was loop-de-looping, you know, all over the place, somehow, someway, it all led you here to this point in this body, in this moment, in this room, you know, you're alive, you presumably have shelter, you have access to a phone and the internet to be able to interact with me you know maybe things aren't perfect maybe there are things in your life that you want to change or that you wish were different hello that's pretty much everybody but for the most part right 
this moment are good, like you're good. So seeing how in the end, you know, no matter how things went or panned out in those moments, you, your choices, all that you did led you here in this moment to being good, to being good here. And ultimately, you can trust yourself. And maybe just writing down, like, what were the most bombest, like, most hell yes, that was a great decision, that was a great moment. Or even just, that was a good choice. <laughs> like, writing down all of those things and, like, looking at that list as, like, proof that you can trust yourself. You can trust yourself. I think another way to start, like to start, continue, to continue this journey to building self-trust is to be someone that you can rely on, be someone that you can depend on. So with that, you know, making commitments and sticking to them you know, even if it's just on a small scale, like a small daily thing, like even if it's just like when I get up in the morning, I make the bed and that's what I do and I do it every day and you commit to that. And it's such a small thing, but in those moments you are reinforcing this sense of like you um, do what you say you're going to do. You know, you have that level of, integrity and impeccability with your word um, that allows you to feel into trusting yourself I trust myself because I make this commitment every day and I do it every single day so finding what are these kind of commitments that you can do for yourself um, on a daily basis and making sure that when you do set commitments you know, don't, not doing them out of obligation, not doing them because you think that you should, but because you genuinely have the capacity and know that you will be able to show up for it. So that when you do make those commitments, you absolutely do show up. You absolutely do do what you're going to say. And in those moments, you are training yourself to trust yourself. And when you are trusting yourself, it gets easier to feel confident in yourself, right? So another note on confidence is it's a practice. It is a practice. No one is perfectly 110 billion percent like impeccably confident all of the time. It's more of something that you are choosing, right? So we all experience moments of self-doubt. We all experience moments of, oh, fuck, can I really do this? I don't know if I can do this. Um, feeling like an imposter or feeling like just uncertain in your own abilities. Feeling uncertain of yourself. Uncertain of how the world's going to respond to you or how people are going to respond to you. And it's in those moments choosing to show up anyway, choosing to believe in yourself first. And yes, that voice of doubt may still be there. Yes, there may still be a little piece inside of you that's just like, I don't know, I don't know, I can't 
do it. But it's on the most part, like mostly choosing (laughs) or like choosing, consciously choosing not to act out of that voice, but to um, choose to step into power, to choose to believe in yourself, to choose to take a chance on yourself, to give yourself permission, to give yourself validation and knowing that it's not anybody else's job to give those things to you and to start prioritizing becoming a self-sourcing being when it comes to permission and validation Um, because when you are leaving it up to the people and the world around you to give you that then you are delegating and giving away your own power right so it's about giving yourself permission it's about taking risks biting off more than you can chew, pushing your own edges of what you think you're capable of and going that little bit more, that little bit higher and knowing that it's okay if you fuck up. It's okay if you fall down or you fall short or something goes wrong. None of those things are inherently bad, okay, and this is coming from a 1-3 generator. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall on your face. Um, These are the moments where you learn, where you expand. Um, And it's inherently okay for you to have those experiences. It's not bad. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean that you're not capable. It just means that you're a human trying and learning things. And it's safe for you to do that. Even though it feels scary, even though it feels uncomfortable, it's safe for you to do that. You're not going to die, right? So taking a look at like where have you been playing it safe and playing it small? Where have you been keeping yourself inside of this little box that you've created? And where can you start to take some, make some bigger moves, take, take a bigger risk? Where can you be a bit bolder? And actually giving yourself these opportunities and and these spaces where you can initiate your own expansion and initiate your own growth and actually find out what the fuck you're capable of, that is where you get to build self-confidence. And the thing is, that confidence gets built regardless of the outcome. It is not about the outcome. It's not about whether it works out. It's not about whether everything goes okay. It's not about whether you see the goal and you reach it completely and there's no obstacles no challenges on the way it's not about the outcome at all whatsoever and that's something that we get stuck on when it comes to taking risks we think that it's about the outcome but it's not it's about the act of taking that risk it's about the act of expanding it's about the act of putting faith in yourself and moving that builds confidence So it is a choice. It's something that you choose for yourself, right? It's something that you choose again and again and again, every day, every moment, every minute, right? And with practice, because it's a practice, it does get easier in the sense that it comes more naturally. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard, 
but it comes more naturally to you. It's more natural and easy to recognize where you can expand, where you can step up, where you can be bolder, where you can place trust in yourself. And that choice becomes easier to make. But it takes practice. And we all start somewhere. And you start right here and where you are right now, here in this moment, is so perfect. Is so okay. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question, my love, and I really hope that this supports you. Okay, so I think we're going to do one more question because I do need to get into my day and do some other fun stuff. So this question comes from Jet Set Laura. And she asks, what are some things to look out for slash do for someone getting back into dating? So, my love, the first thing that I would suggest, because I do have a couple of episodes specifically about love, I would suggest going and listening to episode seven, Become a Living, Breathing Love Magnet. And episode nine, how to turn your online dating app into a sacred love portal. These are two really juicy episodes that will support you as you step back into the game and start to magnetize the love that you desire. A couple of things that I would suggest um, as you are beginning this journey of getting back into dating, of meeting new people, is first things first. Getting clear on the type of person that you want to call in, the type of person that you desire to be in relationship with. What are they like? You know, how do they how do they spend their time? What are their values? You could get into details on like what they look like and the physical aspects, or you could get into more details about how they are as a person, their emotional intelligence. Um and something really important in this aspect is to focus on how you want to feel. How do you want to feel in partnership with this person? How do you want them to make you feel? How do you want them to respond to you? How do you want them to support you? What kind of life do you want to build together? What kind of goals and values are important that you share? What are your non-negotiables? What are you willing to compromise on? Get clear on all of these things so that as you get into the dating world, as you get into meeting people, you have a pretty clear idea of what you're looking for and what you're not open to. And this is going to help you to um, kind of be devoted and committed to your standards like what is the standard of relationship that you are going to stand for <laughs> so to speak and what are you not willing to stand for what are you not willing to pursue and what are those what are the signals um for knowing when to when it's green when when to go when to pursue and when someone is not a good fit for you and when to stop when to say thanks but no thanks and move on with your day so it's really important to be clear on that and to not compromise on um, those standards like obviously as you are 
before you start dating and you're thinking about these things, you are going to consider what things you are willing to compromise on, but not from a place of um, lack, not from a place of scarcity, not from a place of, oh, um, you know, I'll never have that, but from a place of like, I'm genuinely okay with being flexible here and thinking about what is a no-go, what are you not compromising on? What is a deal breaker for you? And being really firm on that, not backtracking on that. So an example might be, you know, uh, maybe you start seeing someone and they're ticking all the right boxes. You're really getting on, right? You meet up and there's sparks, there's fireworks, there's, you know, attraction, there's... um. A, a good connection and maybe for you you are ready for something serious and you are done with dating people who are unsure or uncertain about you or who are commitment phobes right and so there's this beautiful connection and it comes down to that conversation of like where is this going like where are we headed are you ready to commit and maybe this person is like no, I want to keep things casual or they're like, I'm not ready for a relationship or whatever it is. You have to know in that moment, if you have that in your mind, like I want a committed relationship, I'm not here for people who dilly dally and who are not ready to commit. And that's your non-negotiable and that is your standard. You don't compromise on that. So you have to kind of stand up for yourself here stand up for your queenship right and know that if they can't commit if they can't be in relationship with you within the parameters of what you desire and what you know you deserve then you have to kind of make the sovereign choice there of whether to continue that like, what are we? We're just having fun and casual and blah. Or do you make the sovereign choice to go, actually, no, this is not what I want. Like, I know that I want a committed relationship. I know what my standards are. I know what I deserve. And if you're not willing to go down that track with me, that's okay. Love to you. But we can't continue this because this is, um, this is a, what is the word? I'm here. <laughs> I want to say like a breach of my, um, a breach of my like standards, even though that's probably not the correct kind of terminology. I want to say something better there, but my brain's not giving it to me. So yeah, yeah, you have to kind of make that choice. So it's important to know what those standards are and to um, not backpedal on that to really stand in your sovereignty and own what you desire and what you deserve. And as you're doing that, it's going to call them up. They're going to be called up to either meet you where you're at or they'll have to respect it and move along and know that they're fucking missing out. <laughs> this is a very specific example because this is kind of what happened with me and my husband. Um, 
when we started dating, he didn't necessarily want to keep things casual. He wanted to kind of be exclusive, but he also wasn't ready to um, be in a committed relationship with me. And I was like, okay, well, that's not what I want. And, you know, that's not it for me. So no. And I moved on. And then a week later, he was like, actually, you know what? You're totally right. So it's really, really, really important because, and particularly this is, while it's specific to me, I see this happening a lot. I see this happening to a lot of people I know in my own life, in my own world. I've seen friends do this. I've seen my sibling do this. I've seen, you know, um, clients do this where they are just like worried about losing this person and what you have and it's like well yeah you kind of have to be willing to you have to be willing to lose what is not exactly what you want um so that you can call in what you do want and honor your standards honor your boundaries so it's important yeah know what you want know what your compromise compromisable things are and what your non-compromisable things are raise your standards and honor them set boundaries around your standards for yourself so setting boundaries with yourself around your standards so that means like sitting with yourself and going look this I've laid it out on the table here and I'm setting a boundary here with myself that I'm not going to backpedal I'm setting a boundary with myself that I'm not going to um treat my own desires and standards as unimportant um and setting boundaries within the relationship within dating people as well so knowing what your level of accessibility and availability will be are you available for um you know late night calls or one night stands are you available for um people calling you spontaneously and asking you out on a date or do you want to have more time do you want people to put more planning into how they spend time with you really getting clear on these things is super duper important as you move into the dating world um so yeah that's my answer for you my love and of course definitely go listen to those two podcast episodes of mine that I have suggested um I feel like they will really help you and support you as you step back into the dating world. So my loves, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I did linger on those questions for quite some time, but I felt like all of that needed to come through. So there are some that I didn't get to today and hopefully we can do a part two sometime. Um, But for now, I need to get into my day. I've got some work to do, which I'm really excited about to show up in devotion to my business, to my clients. So I hope you have a beautiful day and I hope that you received exactly what it is that you need out of today's episode. I will see you next time. Bye bye, my love. If you love today's episode, I invite you to leave a rating on my podcast. I also would love, 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 love to hear from you personally. Let's vibe, let's connect, let's chat. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm pretty fucking approachable, all right? 
And I'd love to hear how you felt listening to this episode, what you got out of this. It would mean the absolute world to me. So let's stay connected. Make sure you are following me on Instagram at Magnetism Mystic. I would love to keep vibing, keep hanging out in my world, and I will see you in the next episode.